Look at this face. I know the years are showing. Look at this life. I still don't know where it's going. I don't know much. But I know I love you. And that may be all I need to know. Hey, wow, I didn't see you guys there. Huh? Sorry, I was just singing some Aaron Neville. Uh, that's And then some other lady, I forget her. Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> Pulled that shit out of my ass. How's it going, everybody? I feel I feel great. I am so happy. So happy, in fact, that I need a drink of water. Hold on. Ugh. Well, you know why I feel good? First of all, welcome back to this is the Jeff Weekly Podcastman Show. I'm your host, Jeff Wheatley Heckman. Uh, you may have noticed I didn't release an episode last week. Uh, that wasn't because I'm lazy. That's because I was on a little vacation. That's right. I took my lady somewhere exotic, somewhere warm, somewhere festive. You might be thinking, oh, uh, Cancun? No. Hawaii? Uh-uh. Nope. Excuse me, I burped. Did you go Bermuda? No, I took her to Baltimore, Maryland. That's right. The exotic land of Baltimore, Maryland. Man. Uh, that's where I grew up. That's where I'm from. I'm from a small town outside of Baltimore called Columbia. Shout out, Howard High. Woo, that's really all we got going on. We have a Whole Foods now there. That's pretty cool. That was, that's new. I don't know, it's a little suburb, it's fine. Uh, that's where I was. It was great. Uh, we had a fun, fun time. I'm going to change this over to time and not beats for a minute. There we go, two minutes. Two minutes in, wow. Uh, it was great. It was really a lot of fun. We went to the beach. We went to Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Uh, that was great. We, we, we ate lots of food. We drank lots of beer. We enjoyed the 70 degrees and sunshine and the leaves and the trees and the bees and the knees. It was, del- it was great. Oh, so good. <laughs> drank a lot with my dad because he's retired and that's what you do when you retire. From, from what I can tell. Based on what he does, uh, when you're a retired person, uh, you read a lot of books, and then you drink a lot of beer. That's really, see, seems pretty great to me. It's really, uh, <laughs> seems nice. So that's what I'm doing. How are you guys, huh? Hope you're having fun. I, I hope I didn't make you jealous by going to Baltimore. Baltimore MD, BWI Airport. Direct flights from Milwaukee if you're interested. Very cheap. Oh, jeez. I don't want to be that comedian, but oh, airline travel is so fucking annoying. My God. I fly Southwest because Southwest has really cheap direct flights from Milwaukee to Baltimore. Uh, and they, I guess, are forced to be happy and positive and to crack jokes with you. And it's really annoying because what's one thing you don't want to do at the airport? I don't know. Talk to strangers like you're friends with them? I don't want any part of that. I just want to give you my bags. I want you to, you know, throw them into the airplane without any respect for my belongings. I want to walk through security, get my 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 body fondled, which I did. <laughs> the guy, I got out of that weird machine where you do a jumping jack and then it gives you, you know, radiation. 
Uh, and I got out, and the guy was like, oh, 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 hold on there. Hold on. The machine did not like your shoulder. And I was like, what? Yep, did not like your shoulder. We got to pat your shoulder. Oh, hold on there. Didn't like your ankle. We got to pat down your ankle. I was like, okay. Oh, boy. Hold on there. Didn't like your cheek. And I was like, excuse me? Excuse me? He's like, yeah, your left cheek. Was like, face or butt? Because that's very different. And so he ugh, fondled my ass in front of uh, 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 children and adults and people trying to go on vacation. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know. Maybe TSA is the greatest crime-fighting organization this world has ever seen. Uh, but to me, it seems like they're just a bunch of... <laughs> I'm not going to be too mean. They're people. Uh, I Whatever. It was done. I got my ass touched by a guy. I walked down to my gate. I just want to sit at my gate. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to do that. Luckily, I was with my girlfriend, so she, uh, she helped uh, me out there. Because as soon as you get on the plane, the flight attendants uh, have to be really friendly. And then they tell jokes right when you're taking off. They make very serious subjects uh, a joking matter. Like if we were to crash or if the oxygen things were to come out. It's, it's all fun. She, the, one, the, the flight attendant made a joke saying, uh, what was it? It was just a bunch of horseshit. It was like when the, if for whatever reason, cabin pressure changes, these will deploy. Make sure to put it on yourself before you help children or ladies, your husband. <laughs> I wanted to yell, fuck you, but I didn't. I didn't because I didn't want to get kicked off a flight. Uh-uh. Wasn't going to do it. Was not going to do it. <sighs> so then we landed and then we got there and it was great after that. It's fine. It's fine, whatever. It's just air air travel is bad. I hope you guys are fine. I hope work's been good. I hope you're enjoying this somewhat warm weather. Right now it's raining uh, and 40 uh, where I'm at. So spring-ish. Sort of spring. You know, they say April showers bring May flowers. Uh, but what does a cold May rain bring you? Depression and sadness? Probably. That's what I think. <laughs> okay, wow, this is not very chipper I'm going to try to be more chipper uh, <laughs> It was fun my, my parents did that thing uh, Where they turned their old VHS tapes uh, Into Blu-ray discs And so my mom was like Let's go watch some of the Blu-rays It'll be fun You can show Molly your girlfriend Molly's my girlfriend You can show Molly It's just how you were as a kid And we were watching one uh of my eighth birthday party? No, no, no. I was young. I was five. five fifth birthday party. And we went to this jungle gym gymnastics place. <laughs> and it's just, it's a birthday party. You know, kids should be jumping around on the trampolines and getting their ankles caught in the trapeze. And, and it, you know, how kids grew up in the 90s before we had Facebook and Twitter. You know, go play with metal. Go out there. Play in the jungle gym. We didn't have those cool foam floors now that playgrounds had. No. We had mulch. Splinters. Everywhere. <sighs> so that's what it should have been. But instead, they were, <laughs> they were watching. And there was this blonde German lady. And she was very, very rigid. And the birthday party had to have structure. So <laughs> we were... At one point, she was like, all the kids will line up into two lines. 
was like, Jesus, Mom, where'd you take me for my birthday? And then it, it showed me. I'm at fucking five years old on a trapeze. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And she's like, you will land upon your feet. There will be no knee landing. It was t- terrifying. God, no wonder I am the way I am. Hitler would not approve of your trapeze strategy right now. You will circle, you will land upon the feet, somersault, do a pretty little spin, and then get back in line. It was terrifying. So we watched, you know, Happy Go Lucky. Uh, (laughs) Happy Go Lucky birthday videos. Wow. My mom was pissed, as I'm sure she was at the time. You pay a lot of money, and then a Nazi yells at you. She wasn't a Nazi. I don't know. That's unfair. She seemed like one. Sorry if that offended any Nazis listening. I apologize. I don't know. It was it was inter- it's always interesting going back home uh, to where you grew up, especially once you move away, because you become a person on your own, away from that environment, and then you go back and you're reminded of uh, of how you used to be and things you used to do, and uh, I don't know. It was just I grew up in a very cool area. It was. Uh, it was the first planned um, playing community in the United States where it was like, okay, this is very intentional. It wasn't just a settlement around a liver or a river, a liver. Oh, geez, Louise. It wasn't a settlement around a river or anything, but they, they actually made sure to plan out this community in a way that made sense. And part of the planning was to make sure that it was one of the most diverse places in the world. So I grew up around every single type of person you could imagine. And thought nothing of it because we were just kids playing, you know? And I'm very grateful for all of that. And then you come out to a place like, I don't know, Milwaukee, Chicago, where it's very segregated. Granted, Baltimore has its problems. They do. But I don't know. It's just, uh, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Because Maryland's technically the South, but I think... Whatever I hate the I hate the term race relations because that's so stupid. It's just people talking to people, but I feel like race relations out where I'm from are way healthier than they are uh, in many other parts of the world. Just because you know they're your neighbors, they're who you go to school with, they're who you shop with. It's just people, you know. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but I was reminded when I'm when I was home of a uh, a very interesting encounter at an orthodontist office. I had braces. I don't want to brag. Don't want to brag. But I got braces. Uh, Also, for the sake of this story, I am biracial. My biological father is black. My biological mother is white. My biological father looks exactly like Carlton from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. My mother looks like uh, just, uh, you know, she's very pretty. I've only seen pictures of these people. And I look like Puerto Rican Brendan Fraser. It's complicated. It's very complicated. I do not look biracial whatsoever on the surface. However, I've been told, it's funny, the only people who can tell that I'm biracial are black women. And it's always, they're always like, what's going on? You got something in you. I'm like, yes, I do. And then they, you know, you dance and it's fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a party. It's a party. But some people, despite how diverse and how open-minded my area was, there was still some subtle racism. So I went in to get 
braces. I got that head scan, x-ray thing, whatever you call it. For, by the way, these people were like the Clintons of the dentistry world in Colombia. The husband in the family ran the local dentist office, and the wife ran the local orthodontist office. So it'd be like, hey, you need a dentist? Go to my husband. Hey, you need braces? Go to my wife. And guess what? All that money's going to the same place. And they tried to upsell you, and I'm bitter, and it's okay. <laughs> Anyway, so I did the head x-ray thing, right? I walk in there. A few weeks later, my mom gets called in for a private meeting with the orthodontist. I'm not going to say her name because I don't want to disparage people from going to her. Anyway, so she was like, you might want to... My, my mom walks in, the orthodontist is like, you might want to sit down for this. I'm sorry, this is the only female voice I can do. I'll try to do a different one. You might want to sit down for this one. And my mom was like, why? And she was like, well, we don't know exactly why this is the case. However, we did the x-rays of your son's big fucking head. And although on the outside, he looks like a Caucasian male. Now, this is where it gets weird. He has the bone spru- structure, the bone structure and structure of an African-American Human being. Now, we don't want to jump to any conclusions, okay? My mom was like, oh, no, he's adopted and biracial. And the orthodontist was like, oh, thank God. Thank God. Why would it matter? Huh? Why would that matter? Why would she feel the need to tell my mom that? Do you know, I told my mom she should have been like, <laughs> to the orthodontist, she should have said, oh, my God. Oh, Denzel, 1991. I thought it was just a night of passion I could get away with, but no. Yeah, just to fuck her over. But it's just weird. I don't know. It's weird being biracial and looking like howdy doody. It's very strange. Anyway, (laughs) okay. Those are two stories I have. Wow. Ooh, speaking of uh, stuff related to that, uh, this is America. That music video came out. And it is very interesting. I'm sure most of you have seen it by now. How many views does this video have by now? Here, here, hold on. I'm going to pause. By the way, it is Friday, May 11th. And again, I'm Jeff Wheatley Hagman, uh, a.k.a. Puerto Rican Brendan Fraser. As of Friday, May 11th, uh, the video came out five days ago, and it has 80 million views. 80 million views. Um... It's very controversial. If you want to watch it, it's by Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. He is a multi-talented individual. He acts. He does stand-up. He makes music. He's a writer. He's very, very talented. Anyway, he released this video um, that speaks about the state of America, uh, specifically for the African-American population of the nation, and it's very controversial. Um... It features uh, uh, some mature content, so be be ready, be ready for that when you watch it. Um, I like the video. I think it's one of the most artistic things I've ever seen. It's layered in uh, just all sorts of symbolism, and there's contradictions, and there is, it's just it's great. It's really good. It's really well done. People are mad about it though, and I don't know why. I, I think it's just. 
that's that's what I think good art is, is that it divides people and it makes them think and feel something, not necessarily just good, happy-go-lucky stuff all the time, but it makes you think about, I don't know, the state of things, your actions, uh, the world, what's going on. It's just, go check it out. I don't want to make you think anything about it. Just go watch it. This is America, Childish Gambino. It's very, very good. Uh, yeah, that I, I really like the video, and I think he is probably going to be one of the most profound artists uh, of our generation. That, and uh, I don't know. I don't know who else is going to be that. It's hard. He does so many things. It's also hard for me to talk about because although I am half black, half white, I look white. And it's been something I've struggled with my entire life. So I can only say so much about it. Even though I did grow up pretty much in black culture and all that stuff. I mean, it's who I hung out with as a kid. I don't know. Whatever. People are going to think what they want about me or it or whatever. But... Hey, I like what he's doing. I think he's really making people think. And personally, to get real, it's hard to straddle the line between how I look and who I am, you know? Not to be unfunny for a moment, but it's just, you know, it's something. Uh, So go check it out. Go check it out. It is, it's very entertaining, but also very disturbing and very good. Okay, let's get back to the funny. I don't know much, but I know I love you. you. Help me be all I need to know. Okay, Uh, review of the week. That's my theme song. I can't afford music, uh, so I just slap my thigh. Uh, review of the week. Let's see what so many things happen, and I want to just talk about all of them. What's something that I did? Huh. Hmm. Mm. Oh, okay. You know what? This is what we're going to review. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do it. Some of you may know exactly what I'm talking about. Others of you... May have no idea, but that's okay. Wegmans grocery stores. Wegmans. Wegmans, okay? If you live in Colombia, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. They have Wegmans across the country. Excuse me, I burped. Oh, God, how rude of me. Gross. Disgusting. That's not radio etiquette. I went to broadcasting school. You shouldn't, you shouldn't blow. It should be... Should be wah, and also, you know, it shouldn't be, it should be, you know, okay. Anyway, so, and also don't burp. This is that's basically it. Once you do those three things, grab a microphone, start a podcast. You're good to go. Get out there and be somebody. Go. Quit listening. Go. God, Wegman's grocery stores. Okay. They are, first of all, designed like castles. So you drive into the parking garage. There's a clock tower on it. it, it, it you, you park, you walk in, and it is one of the coolest grocery stores you can ever go into. It, it brings a tear to my eye. When you, when you have to shop at Pick and Safe or, or, or Aldi, 
All right, walking into one of these places and seeing that the food is 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 competitively priced and high quality, gah, forget about it. They have a cafe and a hot bar, and you get a tray of food. My girlfriend and I did this more times than I'd like to admit. You get a tray, you walk around the hot bar, and they have every kind of food. You want Indian food? Go ahead. Chinese, help yourself. Help yourself. We steered away from the Chinese food because there was an article that came back uh, 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 in Maryland about people uh, in Chinese restaurants preparing dog. And so we, we didn't, we just out of respect for my four-legged friends, we, we, we did not touch it. Uh, so we ate a lot of Indian food, and then they had those salads and, and seafood. and oh. So you load up your tray, right? And then you eat what you want, and then you save it for later. And then they have a whole grocery store after that. God, it's great. Memorabilia. They have a sports section and a grocery store. So Wegmans gets 10 out of 10 for grocery stores, whatever criteria you want to put. Delicious. Delicious. I hope that that's not a uh, offensive thing. There really was an article about dogs being eaten, and it made me feel sad. So out of, I just couldn't. I know it probably wasn't dog because it was prepared by a guy named Joe, but I don't know. I don't think Wegmans would allow dog to be eaten in their grocery store. It was just a respect thing. I just had to. I've had dogs in my life. I'm going to stop talking because I feel like I'm digging myself a hole. All right. Rest in peace, Rosie, you four-legged awesome dog. All right. Here we go. Sorry, this is a strange episode. I'm kind of flustered. It's been a busy, 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 busy few days. Uh, Okay, here we go. Time for random questions random questions brought to you uh brought to you by uh my friends uh, on facebook some people use this as a platform to ask real questions i appreciate that some people uh use it as a platform to ask for not uh, real questions i also appreciate that i do some people use it as a platform for attention i don't appreciate that but that's okay you know that's fine that is okay. What's your favorite dipping sauce for chicken nuggets? Ooh. Okay. Uh, my question to you, sir, is from where? From where? From where did these nuggets come? Because if it's McDonald's, I don't care for that. Those, those are the worst chicken McNuggets. The worst chicken nuggets you can ever have. Burger King, a little better. Also don't really care for them. Uh, the only chicken nuggets that I've had in the past 15 years... Uh, from Chick-fil-A from Chick-fil-A I don't, I don't I don't seek out chicken nuggets really I mean I'm not a child I also don't eat macaroni and cheese that much anymore there's still good things um if I were let's say to go to Chick-fil-A for chicken nuggets which I I would do I'd get the Chick-fil-A sauce I think it's a combination of barbecue and honey mustard and it is magical it is magical all right Chick-fil-A is such an interesting place because I don't agree with them and many of their 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 uh their idyllic uh uh ideological um things put it that way for instance they don't care for gay people uh they also like Donald Trump I I don't want to get political any more than I already have but I don't like those things uh I don't like that they're in favor of them but 
on the flip side, they make a delicious chicken sandwich. They do. And they're so nice to you. They, they, they give you all the sauce you want. They say, my pleasure. They're, they're very kind. They're very kind, which is just to go, it just goes to show you that not every person is perfect. And you can like some major things about people, even if you don't like everything about people. And also corporations, because according to the law, corporations are people. Uh, Yeah, you know, I can overlook some of those things just because of how nice they are, how kind they are. And I believe some things they don't believe in, but they'll still serve me and say my pleasure as I get fat on their milkshakes. So, Chick-fil-A sauce. Boom. Uh, Dr. Pepper or Diet Dr. Pepper. Um, very, first of all, sir, very profound question. Um, I can tell that you're a scholar. Uh, Dr. Pepper, by and by. Dr. Pepper, 100%. It's great. Um, quick story. <laughs> I was at a movie theater with my girlfriend, and we were going on a date, and we were getting a refill for our, our drink, which was Dr. Pepper. And I had to wait behind this older couple. It seemed like they had not been dating for a while because they were <laughs> the guy was being so sweet. He was being so sweet to the lady. But he was like, hey, 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 hey. Uh, so what kind of what kind of drink you want here? Hmm? We got uh, you want some mist? We got mist. <laughs> She was like, no. And he's like, okay, okay. You want some root beer? They got root beer? And she's like, no, thanks. And then he was like, oh, well, they got pepper. You want some pepper? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I'll take some pepper. And every time I, I see Dr. Pepper, I just think, you want some pepper? I ask myself that question. Hey, Jeff, you want some pepper? And I always say, yes, I want some pepper. That's a, just a funny little story. That's true. Uh, Dr. Pepper, Mr. Pibb, easy question. Are you kidding me, Dr. Pepper? First of all, he's a doctor, okay? He has a PhD uh, in, in soda making, I guess. And Mr. doesn't have jack shit, okay? Who would you go to if you, if you were hurt? Would you go to Mr. Pibb or Dr. Pepper? When you put it that way, the answer's clear, all right? So Dr. Pepper, easily, easy question, Dr. Pepper, okay? Uh, unless you like Mr. Pibb. More power to you, all right? Degrees aren't everything. If you have a degree, it doesn't make you better than a person without a degree. So, there. Political commentary. Uh, How did you first get started in stand-up and or improv? I feel like I've talked about this a lot, um, but I'll answer again. Uh, I got started in stand-up first. I wanted to be a comedian for the longest time, I did my first stand-up set when I was six years old at a talent show, and it was just a simple monologue. I think I remember it. Let me see if I do. Uh, okay, speaking of uh, being politically correct, this is uh, in no way that. Um, okay, let's see. Ladies and gentlemen, okay, uh, hobos and tramps, got it. Cross-eyed mosquitoes and bow-legged ants, I come before you to stand behind you, to tell you something. I know nothing about. There will be a women's meeting on Monday to be held on Tuesday for men only. The subject will be Christopher Cucumber, who sailed across the Mississippi River with the Declaration of Indigestion in one hand and the Star-Spangled Banana Split in the other. 
That was my first comedy act. It lasted all of 15 seconds. I ran off stage. The lady told me to run back uh, and take a bow. So I ran back, took a bow, hit my head on the microphone, ran off the stage crying, and my comedy career has not evolved much since. Uh, So after that, I took about a 14-year break. And when I was 21, because I could do stand-up, uh, in a bar officially because I could get into the bar. I did my first stand-up set at the Comedy Cafe and it went very well for the first time. It wasn't good, but I, it was good enough for me to be like, oh, okay, that's pretty fun. I want to do that. And so I kept doing it and kept doing it. Now I'm uh, five years in and I took improv classes in college. Um, I took 101 and 102 of the comedy sports classes uh, at UWM, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Uh, and from there, Dick Chud, now the owner, he's a great man. Uh, he hired me to work at the club after taking two classes. So, um, And then I just paid my dues and showed up every weekend and worked the booth and showed people where to sit. And then eventually I got opportunities on stage, and then I got more opportunities on stage, and then I got a lot of opportunities on stage. Um and now I do it every weekend. So that's just, yeah, that's how I got started. Um, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Uh, okay. How did your first, oh, no, read that one. What were the easiest and hardest parts of moving across the country? Oh, okay, that's a very good question. Um, hmm. Hmm. Very good question. Um. Oh, actually, you know what? Uh, this also ties into the next question, which was, what brought you to Milwaukee? I'm going to answer that one first, and then I'm going to answer the second, or the first one second. Um, what brought me to Milwaukee uh, was that I did not really know what I wanted to do with my life after high school. So I joined AmeriCorps, which is like the Domestic Peace Corps. You volunteer, and you get a stipend, and then you get credit towards college. Um, or graduate school, whatever education you want to apply it to. So instead of going to college right away after high school, I joined a program called City Year, which is, uh, talked about it with Anthony Staten. You work in inner city schools with kids uh, pretty much 12 hours a day, five days a week. Um, I did that for a year. Um, It was very difficult, even though I sort of pretty much went to an inner city school growing up. Uh, working with kids was way different. Um, it, it, it was really hard. Uh, I also ran camps. I ran uh, spring break camps for their week off. We went to Discovery World, and I taught them about marine biology, which I knew very little about. So I had to learn all about marine biology, and then I taught the kids that. Uh, and then I, I got promoted the second year. They wanted me back uh, in the program, so I recruited and I would go to colleges and high schools and uh, job fairs and all across the state, um, you know, Madison, Eau Claire. You name the college, I was there. Uh, and I would speak for 45 minutes at a time um, to college kids and high school kids about joining the program. Uh, and then through that, they would apply and they'd, you know, it was my job to get good talent to join the program. Um, so I did that for two years. It was a lot of work. It was really hard, but I got public speaking experience. I got to learn about, you know, the city of Milwaukee. I got to give back to the community. Um, even though I wasn't from it, I, I made an impact. It was, I don't really like to talk about it cause it sounds braggy, but it, um, yeah, I did that for two years. 
Um, and then I went to school and then I started doing comedy and yeah. So that's what brought me to Milwaukee. I did that. I stayed for school. I went to UWM. Then from UWM, I started working as a comedian. I had crappy day jobs. I worked like Jimmy John's and all that stuff. So I've been here ever since. Um, just working, just grinding, doing the stuff. Um, the hardest part of moving across the country, uh, that, that's the easiest to answer first. The hardest part was not knowing anybody and not having my family near me. Uh, I was 18. I had no life experience, really. Um, I went from waking up and going to school um, and being in the marching band and having food prepared for me when I got home uh, and, you know, having friends and all that stuff to uh, having to pay rent with very little money, having to ride the bus to work at 5.30 in the morning, um not having my family around to cook me meals, so I'd have to go. I was on food stamps because I couldn't afford food. Um, having to ride the bus to the grocery store and then lug it all back on the bus. It, it, it was always like a three-hour endeavor just to buy food for myself, um, which is why you should go to Wegmans. Wegmans is great. It's very easy. They don't serve dog. They serve great, nutritious food. At Wegmans. Wegmans, if you're listening and you'd like to dish a little money my way, feel free. Uh, if you're not and you don't, hey, more power to you, all right? I know that castles are not cheap to operate, and you got one. Um, <laughs> so that was the hardest part. It was all very difficult. I was waking up early. I was going to bed late. I uh, was responsible for myself, really, for the first time ever. Um, I had to work a really difficult job. I didn't have my family near me. I was in a city 14 hours away by car. Um, it was very difficult, really, really tough. So it was a combination of the work that I chose to do and the lack of family and having to make all new friends, um, which was very difficult. And not to mention, I was, I was one of the youngest people in the program. Most of the people who did the program, uh, just graduated from college or had a few years of work experience. I was fresh out of high school from Baltimore. You know, I didn't. It was hard, so I made a lot of older friends, and I couldn't go out with them to the bars. It was just a really tricky year, um, but I did it. I did it. That was the hardest part of um, moving across the country was that. The easiest part of moving across the country was that I was on my own, and there was no supervision, and that was great. It was cool. I could do what I want, when I wanted, how I wanted to do it. Um, you know, you still had to be responsible, but... It was a lot of fun. So that was the easiest part. Um, okay. Let's see here. Okay. In football, a quarterback's coach coaches quarterbacks. I'm with you so far, buddy. A linebacker's coach coaches linebackers. Also with you. An offensive line coach coaches the offensive line. Got it. In baseball, okay, different sport. A pitching coach coaches pitchers. But what does a bench coach coach? Good Lord. The bench coach, first of all, the sport that I know least about is baseball. I know very little about strategy, how it works. It was one of the sports I did not play. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the bench coach coaches. I assume he's just there talking to the people who are about to go out on the field, if that makes any sense. 
You know? Because how many players on the field? First base, second base, shortstop. Okay, so you got like seven with the outfield and the infield. Pitcher. Uh, you got like nine players out there, right? Is that right? Nine? And then you have one batter on the opposite team. So while that guy is up batting and the person's warming up in the batter's box, oh, plus all the pitchers in the bullpen, whatever, I'm sure they're just being motivational to the people out there, you know? Like, hey, guys, catch the ball. Or, hey, throw it throw it to the guy. Well, you should throw it. Not like they listen. They're making millions of dollars. What do they care what this fat guy has to say? Also, why are they wearing the same uniforms as the players? It's so funny to me. You see these fat guys wearing baseball uniforms, just chewing, chewing on something. I don't know. What are they chewing? <laughs> and then they fight with the umpires. Okay, so this is that's one of the funniest things, in my opinion, is when the manager and the umpire fight. Because who gives a shit? It's baseball. It's baseball. They're not fighting over children. <laughs> Or, or like a, a legal thing. They're not fighting over. It's just, oh, he was on the base. No, he wasn't on the base. And they're kicking dirt at each other. It's so funny to me. I love that stuff. There was an old manager for the Orioles. You older listeners will remember him. But he was just a feisty little guy. He couldn't have been more than five six, but he would <laughs> always fight, always fight the man or the the umpire. Oh, I love those videos on YouTube. Go and watch them. They're hilarious. Oh, okay, this one's very uh, intricate. Uh, what is the Joseon theory of network? And if so, do you believe that anything that desiccated or reticulated with irregular intervals between the intersectees uh, is truly that? Um, yes. Yes, I do. I do believe that it truly is that. Um, th- first of all, the Joseon theory of network uh, is, is a very complicated theory. I don't expect any of you all to really understand it. I barely do. However, I do believe that anything desiccated or reticulated with irregular intervals uh, between intercess, inter, uh, excuse me, intercestes is truly that. I do believe it is truly that. You know, Occam's razor. Come say, come sa. Uh, you, 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 you only live once, you know. I'm right there with you, buddy. Uh, okay, that's, wow, that's the last question. Are there any more questions? Is that it? Are we done? We're done. Guys, 38 minutes of me rambling. We're done. I don't know if this was funny or entertaining in any way. I have no idea. I hope that it is. I hope that you enjoy it. I hope that it's a good one. Uh, I'm back. I'm back from vacation. I'm back. You guys, I hope you get a vacation soon. I hope that you enjoy your week. I hope that everything that you want to happen in your life happens to you in the best way that it can. And I hope that you're rich and famous if you want that. I hope that I hope that you will become a, a successful business person. Whatever you want to do, go out and do it. Be the change you wish to see in the world. All right? What's another inspirational? I have a dream. That one just is, it doesn't, what else did people say? Uh, 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 ask not, ask not what your country could do for you. Ask what you could do for your country. Okay? Go out there. Do the best you can. Life's hard. 
especially when it's raining in May and it's the, it could be snow because it's so cold outside. It's hard. It's really hard. But you can do it, all right? High five on three. One, two, three. Jeff out.